1: Welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast, right here on Arsblog.com. It is the second last Arsecast of the season. Well, we're heading into the final weekend, and in the summer, like a great big bear, the Arsecast goes into hibernation. It's true, unless something miraculous and drastic happens, like we buy a player that we all like. Maybe then we can have an Arsecast and discuss things. Uh, Before we kick on, my apologies in the last, I don't know what it is. But in the last uh, ten or fifteen minutes, I seem to have developed a cold. Uh, I don't know why. I was perfectly fine. I had my dinner. I had a beer with my dinner. Came upstairs, checked my email. Was getting ready to do uh, the RS and bits and pieces, and all of a sudden, I have a cold. All snuffly and blocked up and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, apologies for any terrible noises or uh, slight nasal twang to things or more of a nasal twang to things than uh, there usually are. Uh, there usually is. I see, see, there's a cold already I'm playing havoc with my brain. On the show, Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com. We have got Internet Joe, of course. We've got Arshavin, a great big huge competition uh, to give you something to cheer you up, I suppose, heading into this final weekend of the season because the football hasn't done it. Let's face it, the football has not done it. The team hasn't done it. The manager hasn't done it. The results haven't done it. Our position in the league hasn't done it. We can end up fourth. That won't do it. Champions League qualifying rounds, the thought of that won't do it. None of it will do it, but competitions will. And what I've got for you are three pairs of football boots from Pelé Sports. Uh, I've also got three t-shirts from Pelé Sports and three Arsblog t-shirts as well. So a wide range of prizes. And that means, of course, we'll have nine winners. So nine people are going to feel slightly better about things than they did. Well, it won't make them feel any better about the football, but at least they'll have something new and free. And new and free is always good, in my opinion. Free, especially, it doesn't necessarily have to be new. I'll take free stuff that's old or second hand, like, I don't know, gold ingots or pieces of eight, things I can take down the pawn shop and exchange for rum. But the free thing, that's, that's the key factor. And all of it is free. And uh, nine winners will be announced on next week's final arsecast of the season. Um, let's, talk about Aston Villa shall we slightly do we need to it was awful wasn't it pretty bad 15 minutes in and we're two goals down and you're looking at Darren Bent and this is the way our season has gone you're looking at Darren Bent scoring two goals and two really good goals credit to him as bad as our defending was the goals were excellent and you're looking at Darren Bent a man we all laughed at let's remember We said £16.5 million for Darren Bent when we've sold Thierry Henry to Barcelona for £16 million. They're mad. They're clearly insane. What are they doing? And he didn't really cut it at Spurs, but scored a lot of goals at Sunderland and a lot of goals at Aston Villa since he's gone there. And you're looking at him going, well, you know, I'd have a Darren Bent in my side. I'd take Darren Bent. Maybe that's a reflection of Darren Bent's form and his ability as a footballer, and perhaps things didn't go quite right for him, but also perhaps an indication that the paucity of options that we have is frustrating fans a great deal. We got the goal back from Robin Van Persie, of course. Uh, Who else would be scoring for us at this point? There were refereeing decisions. I think when you put a 24-year-old in charge of a Premier League game, you kind of have to expect him to be a bit shit, because... Well, what experience does he have, really? And how much respect do the players have for a 24-year-old referee? Even though most of them are around the same age, I know, I know. But you you look for that bit of authority in a referee, and he doesn't have it. It was definitely a penalty on Aaron Ramsey, and possibly a red card too. And then there was the disallowed goal for the push. And it it wasn't so much a push as a slight touch. You know, if you just put your hand gently on something... That's not a push. Uh, So we're a little bit hard done by in that regard, but that's not to blame the referee in any way, shape, or form. It's just a continuation of our terrible run of... I don't know what you call it. Form is not the right word, uh, because it's nothing approaching any kind of form. Uh, Disastrous shitness, or whatever it is that's been going on since the Carling Cup final, and it wasn't really a surprise at all that we lost our final home game of the season. The reaction to it, of course was not pleasant. At halftime, the team left to booze, and normally if things aren't going well and uh, we've gone through a bit of a bad patch and fans are frustrated, a halftime whistle goes, and there is a bit of a boo. But this was longer, and it went on for a bit more, and it was a bit like, I'd like people to stop now, but I kind of know where they're coming from. And then at the end, um, the lap of appreciation thing that went on, and, you know, a lot of people left, and I think that's wise. If you don't have anything positive to say at that moment in time, you're better off leaving. But there were people who, of course, wanted to stay behind and uh, thank the team for their efforts during the season. And the team wanted to thank the fans for their efforts. And all in all, it must be really, really uncomfortable and made Uh, Slightly more uncomfortable, I'd say, by the people who stay behind, not to uh, show appreciation, but to show their frustration. And the only way you can really show that from a distance is by shouting things and making noises like boo. And, um, you know, I I think uh, it's just all very sad and upsetting and um, a season that promised so much Uh, just a few weeks ago, let's face it. It promised a great deal, and nobody expected a quadruple, but nobody at the same time. I know we all were fatalistic, and we say, oh, well, you know, could see this coming a mile off. I couldn't really. I couldn't really back when we were still in with a shout for the title and heading to Barcelona for the Champions League game. I couldn't see it ending quite as badly as this. And the atmosphere between fans, between the players and the fans, between the fans and the manager, between the fans and the board of the club... And all this kind of stuff, you know, I understand frustration, I understand anger, I understand people want things to change, absolutely. I want things to change, I want things to be different next season. But if you're not just sad, really, that it's come to this, that it would be better, generally speaking, if it wasn't so awful, you know, then, I I don't know. People can get a bit carried away with anger and frustration, The same way that some people can get a bit carried away with defending uh, the team and the club against those who have anger and frustration, and the uh, middle ground is not a happy place to be, but perhaps a better place to be and a more constructive place to be. But because perhaps things have been a little bit relentless, in the sense that, you know, we've only won three games since the Carling Cup final, so you have. Oh doom, 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 doom. Oh, look, we're doing all right. We've just won a game. And then, oh, doom, 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 doom. And now we've won a game. And then doom, doom, doom. Oh, we've beaten Man United. We're on the way up. And then doom, doom, doom again. And it's just been a bit relentless. So perhaps the summer will afford us some space and time to gather our thoughts and to look at things with a bit more perspective and not quite so much rawness and anger as there is right at this moment in time. So there you go. I don't quite know what else to say, so I'll hand it over to Internet Joe. Ooh Internet Joe Nears me twenty second round Boo Get out the stage, Ollie is your rubbish get up players Help! Out as well, the board, out, Pat Roach, out, all the coaching staff, out. Blobs to take the piss out of people who put together well
2: called constructive lists of who we should buy and who we should sell, and for how much. Does saving the club loads of work. They can get the fuck out as well. These are all coons.
1: I don't think he's coping, to be honest. That's Internet Joe, and he'll be back on next week's Arscast. Still to come, we've got Arshavin. We've got the competition where you can win lots of stuff from Pele Sports, as well as Arsblog T-shirts, and we'll be looking ahead to the final game of the league season. The season seems to have flown by, it really does, but now joining me to talk about all the fun and games since the last Arscast, it's Gilberto Silver from Gunnerblog.com. Hello there. Hello. Um, Right. uh, This season is ending in a most unsatisfactory fashion, you would say. Um, On top of everything else, we lost the final home game of the season against Aston Villa. And this came after... Uh, Chelsea, or a Newcastle draw, Chelsea had sort of opened the door slightly for us to finish in second place. Instead, what we did was we held the door open and said, hello, Manchester City, would you like to go through the door? Not Indeed. to finish second, but to finish third. And um, it was all a bit dismal and kind of upsetting, really, uh, given what, what also happened during the game, the very uh, vocal um, outbursts from fans, the very emotional, I think, response to what was being seen on the pitch.
3: Yeah, it wasn't a great day. Um, it's a, it's a real shame. I mean, obviously, the last few months have been particularly painful for Arsenal fans. Uh, it would have been nice to uh, end the season on a little bit of a positive bounce. Uh, I think that, uh, like you say, that the real problem is this is this third place issue. We've now let that go from our hands. It looks like we're likely to drop from being the closest challengers to the title to fourth, uh, which just is a demonstration of quite how much our form has dipped off. Uh, And it was just a miserable day, really. I mean, I think that the, the mood of the fans is as low... Uh, certainly as I can remember it being uh, in, the, in probably in the whole of Austin Wenger's reign.
1: Mm. And, and he was spo- uh, speaking today at his press conference and, you know, he was asked, could he promise the Arsenal fans a trophy, which of course he can't, you know, mm. no, nobody can. It's a silly question. Mm. But then he, but then he said this thing that he says quite often. He said, well, what, what do you consider a trophy winning mm. the Carling cup and finishing 10th? Is that a trophy? I don't think it is. Well, clearly it is a trophy because yeah. you've won the Carling Cup. But nobody said that these things are, are mutually exclusive in any way. It sort of sets up these uh, things. It's like, well, would you prefer to win the Carling Cup and have your leg cut off, or would you like Champions <laughs> League football next year? And you go, well, you've given that option. Yes, I'd like Champions League football. I sure. mean, the, the, the fact that we've con- finished consistently in the top four suggests that we are a team that is good enough to... Uh, finish consistently in the top four but what exactly. we can't do in recent years is add that little bit extra to finishing in the top four which would bring in some silver and I know cup, cup football is you know it's hit and miss and you can go all the way one year and and you know nowhere the next but it does suggest that the way that we're set up you know we, we don't have to drop out of the top four to win something
3: yeah, I mean, if you look at it, we were we were doing much better in the league when we were in four competitions than we are than we were in one. Do you know what I mean? And uh, uh, it didn't seem to impact on us at all. You know, we reached the Carling Cup final uh, at a time when we were still very, very much in the title race. And like I say, those like you say, those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Uh, the other thing he went on to say in his press conference today was that um, he will focus on trophies, but for him trophies means the Premier League and the Champions League and that to me it just sounds like sour grapes I don't think he would have said that had he won the Carling Cup Mm. Uh, you know I think it's very well to be disparaging about those competitions but he clearly felt that the Carling Cup was something worth winning and now having failed to do so he sort of is suggesting that it wouldn't count anyway and I have a huge amount of respect for Arsene Wenger but I don't believe that i i, I find I, i'm staggered that he thinks that that will wash with either the fans or the press
1: mm, do, i mean do you think that's part of his thinking in that he doesn't quite get the sense of disappointment that we haven't won something anything um because he doesn't necessarily consider them uh, important if he looks at champions league and premier league as the only trophies does he then not understand why the fans uh, are upset because we haven't won an fa cup or a Carling cup
3: I I see I credit him with probably more sensitivity than that. I think it's I think what he says in the press is often about trying to manage uh, the situation. There's a big PR spin often. I think that he doesn't want he doesn't focus on the f- uh, failures of his players, you know. He he concentrates on the positive. So talking about the failure to win a trophy is not something that he is likely to indulge in. Mm. Um however, I do think that with with the relationship between fans and players and indeed the manager, uh, at such a low ebb, a, a degree of frankness in assessment of what, what we have achieved or failed to achieve this season is required. Um, I think that uh, it's laughable uh, to say at this point, uh, well, it does, you know, we're top four, it doesn't matter. We spoke a a year ago about the necessity of winning a trophy Uh, and we're constantly promised season on season at the moment that the next year will be the one when that bears fruit. Uh, It's not the case but the demand from the fans is is so much there that almost uh, whilst I recognise that the value of Champions League qualification uh, the actual winning a, a tangible prize, uh, in my opinion, has superseded that in, in, in the fans' concerns and what they now want to see.
1: Mm. It's interesting, and the consequences of continued lack of silverware, despite playing football at the highest level and playing in the Champions League, uh, remain to be seen, and we'll, we might touch on that uh, in, a, in a couple of moments' time. Sure. La- last week on the show, Philippe Eau was on, and we were talking about uh Arsene and what he might need to do and what he might need to change and and there was talk at that stage and this is only a week ago remember about uh new number 2 yeah. there was the belief that Pat Rice was going to retire this summer that has been kiboshed. Pat Pat Rice is going to stay on and whatever you think uh, about Pat Rice, it's not really the issue here. There was also talk about adding something to the coaching staff and there's a lot of uh, discussion about a defensive coach or somebody who might come in and work on the defensive side of our games at his press conference yesterday or today rather, uh, well yesterday, today uh, (laughs) when you're listening to this, but he he was asked, is he going to make any new uh, additions to the coaching staff? And he paused for a second and went, no. And uh, The article from John Cross in the mirror, you might uh, dismiss as speculative, um, but you've got to take it from the point of view that John Cross is a guy who uh, works uh, in very close contact with the club, uh, with officials, with uh, various sources inside the club, with the manager, he has dealings uh, with him in the press conferences, etc., etc., that, you know, there might be more of the same Uh, coming this summer in terms of recruitment. It might go uh, at odds with what I'm hearing and maybe what you're hearing, but, you know, there is that sense that perhaps not enough is going to change this summer.
3: Yeah, I think that actually a lot of fans uh, were holding out a lot of hope on on the number two thing, Uh, and it's no disrespect to Pat Rice at all. I think what it is, actually, is that it's a manifestation of the sort of quandary that a lot of fans find themselves in, where they have a lot of respect for Arsene Wenger, a lot of admiration, and a lot of desire to see him succeed at Arsenal. Uh, But secondly, they have a kind of doubt. Uh, about his uh, the capacity of his uh, principles and his philosophy to bring that success that, that we so crave and a number 2 sort of presents you know an alternative it's like well things aren't going well with my wife but I could have this affair and uh, I think that uh, you know we, we were sort of hoping that we could have Wenger but then a sort of anti-Wenger maybe to kind of balance things out as his assistant mm. with the news that Pat Rice is staying it means that you know I saw uh, the clip that you mentioned where he was asked about his coaching staff and the pause was almost for effect it was almost a sort of uh, to sort of question the temerity of the, the journalist for even yeah, asking, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, why would I change my coaching staff? He was challenging him, really. Uh, and this is the point that Arson has got to, where he is so set in his principles. There was another instance where they said, will this affect uh, the way your philosophy... No,
1: no. And, and he yeah. came in that quickly, didn't he? It was really... yeah.
3: He didn't even let the guy finish the question. I mean, mm. I think it wasn't clear if the question was going to be about... It turned out it was actually about the way we play the game, but it could equally have been about transfers or anything like that. Mm. Uh, and before the guy had even finished the word philosophy, exactly as you say, Arsene Wenger came down in like a ton of bricks. He has backed himself into a corner for sort of six years, and now he's so stubborn and set in that way. I think that fans who expect a dramatic change in his principles unfortunately, are are, are probably, are probably wrong. I mean, there's plenty to admire about his principles, and we've spoken about that before, but I do think that in other respects it is costing us, but I think expecting a man of his experience to change quite so dramatically in the space of one summer seems unlikely.
1: Mm, I, well, that takes us down the road of are we doomed to repeat the same mistakes over and over again? But, you know, that's clearly something that we're going to have to discuss uh, at the at the end of the summer. And Indeed. we can assess where we are because um, at the moment we can talk about what he might do and what he should do and, and no one knows quite what's going to happen. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come to that uh, probably at the start of next season or at the end of the transfer window. Uh, mm. But I think, there is, I think there is a genuine worry there. And I think it's a... It's a it's a worry that's well-founded. You know, that question, particularly the one about his philosophy, um, how quickly he came in and just said, no, no, yeah. absolutely not. It's like, well, the more people want me to change, the more I'm going to do things my way, because he <laughs> believes that it's the right way to do things.
0: Hi, this is Rachel Fisher. And this is Desi Jenikin, And we host the Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast. We're really excited to tell you about the best Christmas ever on AMC where every day feels like Christmas morning. It's the holiday season and that means it's time to see old friends like Buddy the Elf, Heat Miser, and Clark Griswold. Plus you get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men, new series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond. They're all here on AMC plus. So celebrate the best Christmas ever, anytime, anywhere. AMC Plus is the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.
1: Um, regardless of of what the the results produce on the pitch. But uh, we'll we'll come back to that in the future. We'll have plenty of time to discuss it. Um, The playing side of things uh, this summer, uh, well, the playing side, I'm talking about the playing staff. If we're not going to see changes at coaching level or at number two level, clearly all the changes are going to be made on the playing staff. There's a lot of talk about how many might come in and might go, but, I mean, you look at the squad at the moment, And it really is amazing how many of them have serious question marks over their future, both in terms of whether it's they're not good enough or whether their contracts are coming to an end or whether they're so good that our lack of trophies, our lack of uh, tangible success, as we spoke about earlier, means that they're going to look somewhere else to play their football next season. It's really quite incredible. If you go down the first-team squad, yeah. it's there's so many. I don't remember a summer like this before.
3: I mean, I'm just looking at the squad sheet myself now. There's four goalkeepers on the books. I think at least two uh, will be gone come next season. Uh, there's seven defenders there. There's question marks over you know, uh, Clichy, Squilacci, uh so there's a couple there in midfield. You've got guys like De Diarby, Diaby, Arshavin, Nasri is one you mentioned, Fabregas. I think anyone would be lying if they told you they could guarantee you where he'd be next season. Uh, and even up front, you know, the people like Nicholas Bentner, Marin Shamak's being linked here, there and everywhere. It is unbelievable, as you, as you suggest. Um, basically, it's not the case that all these players will go. Uh, I don't think we'll see, you know, sort of uh, double figures, like half the squad sort of shipped out. The, the the thing that makes it so unpredictable is that we don't we can't be sure which ones will. Uh, you know, if, if a big player goes, if the likes of a Fabregas or a Nasri goes, that will dramatically shift uh, the pattern of, you know, you'd think it'd be difficult to You wouldn't sell Nasri, Fabregas and Andrea Chavin in the same summer. Mm. Uh but obviously, like if one of those big pawns moves, then it will massively uh, affect you know, the rest of the transfer activity. And I think that just looking at those numbers and the amount of players that probably are available, there are so many that I haven't even mentioned, you'd be very surprised to see fewer than half a dozen players on the way out. Mm. Um, I suppose the concern, as ever, for fans will be, you know, it's all very well-selling uh, players, but if they're replaced by you know, the returning trio of Armand Troy, Craig Eastman and Carlos Vela, that <laughs> that won't go down particularly well.
1: They're, they'll be like new signings. Um, Indeed. The, the, I mean, the worry is, particularly in relation to the big players, we know that Sesk's uh, he's got a contract, but his future is not necessarily tied or in the hands of the club, if you know what I mean, because there is that unease... Uh, at what happened last summer, and he did want to go. And if Barcelona, the belief, of course, is that if Barcelona come in with the right money, he'll be allowed to go. Nasri's situation, um, well, I mean, if he won't sign a new deal, we've got to sell him. Simple as that. And the one that we might hang on to is maybe the one that we would prefer to sell, and that's Andre Arshavin.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it was very interesting uh, at the risk of sort of just spending the, the conversation dissecting Arsene's uh, press conference today, but it was quite an interesting one. He was asked about Asharvin, and he said I expect him to stay, but I I didn't feel he said it with any particular commitment. I feel because Arshaven is a player who will stay if other players uh, go. I feel that if if, if Seska and Nasri uh, stay, if Nasri signs a new deal, if Fabregas stays... Then I think Arshaven will probably be considered surplus to requirements and someone who is replaceable. But I think if they go, Arsenal will look, you know, to retain him in the squad. Um, I think that uh, Fabregas is a difficult situation, very, very difficult because, you know, Barcelona, for one thing, they've just stuck a hideous sponsor all over their shirts. They might have a few quid. And uh, I think from his point of view uh, you can understand why he would want to move it's the same reasons as last summer but just reinforced you know we've said we'll fight hard to keep him that's that's not a guarantee uh, because we can't guarantee it and if the player insists inevitably you know he will get what he wants so that is certainly a big concern uh, Nasri is a really interesting one Because he uh, Has had a fantastic first half of the season But a less good second half Really, um, you'd like to think it's nothing to do With the possibility of, of leaving The club or the contract negotiations That have been going on uh, But we might end up uh, in a situation Where we're torn about Whether or not to play, pay a wage Befitting his you know first half of the season Form mm. or his second half of the season Form Um <laughs> The worry, of course, is that if he doesn't sign a new deal with only a year left, we're not actually going to get a fee that is representative of either of those uh, players. Mm. So uh, that would be very, very disappointing indeed.
1: All right. Okay. Well, let's look ahead very quickly to uh, the weekend, final game of the season, Fulham away. There is still there is still the possibility that we could finish third if Manchester City drop points and we win, mm-hmm. and then we could finish for, uh, third. How do you think we're going to approach this game um I mean obviously we'll we'll go out to try and win it but um there didn't seem to be a great deal of energy or or what have you about the the, the spirit uh, the performance against Aston Villa um is it going to be any different against Fulham
3: well I think it has to be I mean I, you know Fulham uh, are in a decent run of form actually they're up in 8th now um, but Man City have got to go to Bolton I don't think that that's you know uh, the easiest game by any stretch um, and I think that if we could uh, you know make the, make the sort of leap from 4th uh, to 3rd it would be massive for us I mean uh you know with the mood at the club like it is if we don't have the summer that we hope you know if we were to come up against a sort of you know a decent sort of Spanish or Italian side in the qualifiers I'm not sure exactly the permutations of who we could face but uh, it could be a real challenge you know and I sort of think that the the guarantee of Champions League football is incredibly valuable so uh, hopefully the players are focused and we do all we can and hope uh, that our good friends Bolton uh, do us a favour. <laughs> oh well,
1: stranger things have happened, but uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I put too much money on it. Gilberto Silver, we better leave it there. Thank you very much indeed.
3: Thank you. Bye bye.
1: If you don't already know where to find Gilberto Silver, it's on his blog gunnerblog or you can find him on Twitter twitter dot com forward slash gunnerblog. So there. So that's where you can find him. If you want to talk to him, if you want to ask him anything, he's very open to. Questions, suggestions, and uh, is quite good with advice. If there was an agony ant type thing going on in the Arsenal, he would be the guy. So if you've got any problems with Arsenal, your love life, your relationships, just Twitter Gunnarblog, and he'll sort you out. He really will, I promise. So there. Anyway, uh, time to do competition stuff. And this week, I've got uh, awesome things to give away to you, not least of which is... Uh, Arse blog t-shirts, but also for those of you who enjoy kicking footballs around football pitches, I've got brilliant football boots from Palais Sports. I've got a pair of the performance 1970 boots, kangaroo leather, like super cool. They're so healthy. These boots are made so well that if you've got bunions and corns and all that kind of stuff, these boots will heal them. The leather is so soft. You could wear it as a jacket if it was big enough, but you couldn't, like strap 17 or 18 pairs of boots to you as a jacket, but they're they're awesome. The 1970 boots. I've also got a pair of the uh, Performance 1962 and also a pair of the Performance 1958 boots to give away, which you can find at pele-sports.com. Also, three t-shirts to give away from the Pele Sports range. And as I said, three Arseblog t-shirts as well. So a load of prizes to give away on this week's penultimate Irish cast of the season. You want to make people happy. All you have to do to win one of these prizes is answer the following question. And it's which typical Brazilian move is Pele most proud of? Off the top of my head, I did not know it either. But you can find the answer, if you don't know it, on blog.pele-sports.com. That's blog.pele-sports.com. Pele-sports.com. Look for the Ars Blog logo, and the answer should be around there somewhere. And then what you do is you email the answer to me. It's competition at arsblog.com. Competition at arsblog.com. Tell me which typical Brazilian move Pele is most proud of, and I'll enter you into the draw next week. I'll give you the winners, and there's nine people going to go away a little bit happier than they were uh, on next week's Ars Cast. So that's it. Blog.pele-sports.com. You can find the answer on there. Right. This guy.
2: Hello, I am Arshevin and uh, this week have a uh, bad, bad week because uh, team lose again to uh, Heston Vanilla, and uh, at halftime have big, big fight with Skilechi in dressing room. I say to him, Skilechi, do you know what is half side? Do you? You know what is offside, bitch. Then Winger come over and say, Don't call him bitch, you fucking slut. And I say, Who are you calling slut? I saw you get fingered by Boro Primorech oh, It was terrible. We get uh, one goal back with uh, Vim Percy, but uh, don't win game. And after, have to walk around the pitch with all players and family and uh, is terrible and many people ask me Andre Where are going uh, to play football next year? Is going to uh, stay at Arsenal or uh, go to Russia or other club and uh, can only say one thing because uh, don't want to give too much away. So to answer I say When hunter go in woods, he take only compass and uh, shotgun. But when bear enter village, needs only make for population to be in fear. That should tell you everything you need to know. So
1: we head into the final game of this league season... And the team news, well, does anybody really care? Really? Sesk is out, we know that. We know what that could mean as well. Diaby could have a fitness test and could be back in the squad. Ooh, Diaby could be back. It's sort of like Christmas morning. I'm being told, well, Santa Claus isn't coming, but his little brother, Trevor Claus, is coming. Does he bring presents? No, no, he bring you some root vegetable of your choice. That's what the Yabby being fit is a bit like for me. Nasri could be fit as well. Um, apart from that, I don't know. I mean, we could finish in third. We could. Bolton could do something against Manchester City, and we could actually win against Fulham. Although, like many of you, I fear a Sanderos hat-trick. I think that's inevitable, really. The perfect hat-trick, too. Header, left foot, right foot. You know what's going to happen. But we could finish third, so let's um, go into it and hope that we can finish third. If we finish fourth, it means we come back and play a Champions League qualifier, and we can worry about that sometime in August. No point really worrying about it now. And those of you who are going to the game, well, have a good day out. It's the final game of the season. I really can't believe how quickly this season has gone by. It only seems like yesterday when we... Started that brilliant 1-1 one, one draw with Liverpool. <sighs> with ten men. It should have told us something, shouldn't it? David Ngog slamming home a shot at the near post. And us scraping a draw. The oh, fuck. I was happy enough back then. And you know what? Come the start of next season, I'll be happy too. And I'll be full of joy and enthusiasm and optimism. Well, I presume I will be based on Arsene Wenger signing a load of really excellent players in the summer. (laughs) Please. But either way, whatever happens, come the start of next season, I'll be enthusiastic and hoping and wishing for Arsenal to win. And that's kind of what it's all about. Season after season after season, we come back and we watch it. And sometimes we win things. And most times we don't. Throughout my life, most times we haven't won something. And only recently have most times we won something. And then when we don't win something, it becomes maybe more than it is. And, you know, let's face it. For lots of us, we've seen more seasons without success than we have with success. And that's why we keep coming back every season. And we'll do that. And let's hope on Sunday that the team can go out on a high that somebody Feed some dodgy lasagna to Manchester City, we beat Fulham, end up in third. I mean, it's not going to solve all the problems, but it'd be a nice way to finish things off. Things haven't gone particularly well for us recently. A lot of it is of our own making. Some of it, however, has been just pure bad luck. And maybe, maybe we deserve a little bit of luck on Sunday against Fulham. And Manchester City, after winning the FA Cup, deserve a little bit of no luck against Bolton. So let's keep fingers crossed for that. Then we'll head into the summer and we'll grow our mint, won't we? We'll grow the mint and drink the mojitos and then before you know it, it'll be August and football's back again. So another season draws to an almost close. Thank you very much, all of you, uh, for listening throughout the uh, 38 games. It uh, could have been better, it could have been worse. And, um, well, we'll do it all again next time. So until next week's Irish cast... Have yourselves a great weekend. Talk to you then. Cheers. Bye-bye.
4: Hello there Arsenal players, welcome to the Twitter course that the club have decided is mandatory. You must attend this course if you want to engage in social media and on Twitter. And these are the rules and regulations as laid down by the football club in return for you using Twitter. Shall we begin? Is everybody paying attention? Good okay now number one no threatening to strangle somebody into unconsciousness jack are you listening just because wayne does it doesn't make it right okay good all right all players must use english at all times no foreign languages whatsoever I'm talking to you two, Emmanuel Thomas and Eastmond. Times are tight. We can't afford a translator. We dunno what you're talking about, your gibber jabbits. Meaningless. Use English, please. OK, under no circumstances or any videos of Pelicans to be taken. Mr Cronkie had an unfortunate incident with one of these beasts back in the late 60s. It cost him his best friend and the top of his middle finger. Punishment is being sold to Blackburn. Thomas Rizitsky aimed at you this particular one. One tweet per season is simply not acceptable. We're going to be holding a two-day seminar on the difference between your and your, and whose and whose, as in, whose is this smelly jockstrap, and who's this shit cunt playing left back today, alright, and you're gay and you're gay. Those that view themselves as the greatest striker that ever lived need to attend the how-to-say-sorry-despite-missing-from-three-yards-out course. Shamak, you can go too. Anyone who converses with Piers Morgan will consent to having the tips of their Fingers removed and replaced with Blu-Tac and Tipex. You may not twit pick your scrotum. You may twit pick a teammate in a hilarious pose, such as in the barber's chair, asleep on the coach to a game, or being tea bagged by Jens layman. And finally, referring to your followers as your twitter family will result in instant dismissal, and you will be condemned to a life as one of Rio Ferdinand's half-witted, mouth-breathing, snot-gobbling disciples. Any questions? Eboue? What? What's twitter? Excellent. Everything's clear then. Bye bye.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.